0: The used during the seven days in which Perfect Hair was recorded cost roughly everything. Oh,
1: shoot, Jeff! Yeah. Driver.
0: Oh. Hi, I'm Reagan. I'm a rap for free. And this, I like, got a badge degree But to do with that, come on.
1: Do not adjust your rss feeds or your your podcast listening devices you are now smack dab in the middle of your worst nightmare you 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 hate it so much on the Sox cast we decided to blow it out into its own full feature just for you because you love it so much that dumb Polly's music thing where she talks about music on the Sox cast is not really just being moved over to this thing, but it's sort of a new idea, or, or an iteration of an older idea. Um, this is the S&S uh, uh, Album Listening Club, and the general idea is that um, I'm joined by three people here today. Boner, say hi.
0: Hi, um, I'm two people in one, Byron apparently. Halcher.
1: Byron Halcher, say hello.
2: I'm the other person in him.
1: You're in him right now?
2: Well, not like... Wait, now I'm in him. (laughs) Now I'm out. Now I'm in. Now I'm
3: out. And
1: and Taylor, say hello. Hello. So this is sort of an idea that we did. uh, It was sort of a bit of a kind of a failure, I guess, uh, on the forum. Um, If you're not a registered user of the forum, you didn't see this because we did it in our super secret shady forum where we could we could do illicit things. But basically the idea was um, that one person in this big group of people would propose an album for everybody to listen to. We would all listen to it and uh, sort of have a conversation about it and like, you know, sort of like what we like, disliked, all that other fun stuff. Um, but it kind of didn't really go all that far as... Well,
0: it it, it went on for a, a while. It went on
1: for a while, but it was mostly you would see people post albums But there wasn't a lot of discussion about it, and it sort of just kind of fell apart. And I think that's just because people are too lazy to type these days. Um, But that's basically what we're going to do now um, in podcast form. Um, I have chosen uh, the first album that we all listened to, um, and at the end of the show, it'll be a big surprise. I'll tell you all who will be suggesting our next album, but we won't tell you what it is until... Who could it be? It's uh, Rhett. Oh, it's totally Rhett. Yeah. He's the, the most musically diverse dude I know. Totally. Who's that a one? A collection kind of... of uh,
0: what? Go ahead. It's going to be a collection of uh, Ray Charles uh, songs in vocaloid form. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were saying, Taylor.
3: Who's the community member who just listens to all kinds of, like, harsh noise music?
1: Oh, that's Pat. <laughs> it's bad. He'll bring in something terrible like Wolf Eyes and make us listen to it, and then, well, there won't be an album listening club anymore because nobody will have ears to listen to it. <laughs> Wolf Eyes is terrible, by the way. <laughs> just, just I actually,
3: it. I'm familiar. Yeah, they're
1: pretty terrible. It's just, yeah. I'm not trying to sound like an old fogey, but it's just like there's Noise Rock, and then there's just, I turned all the faders and pushed all the knobs, and now this is the thing that came out. This isn't a genre discussion, though. We are actually here to discuss uh, the album that I chose for us to listen to, uh, uh, entitled Perfect Hair by Bus Driver. Uh, It's sort of an alternative um, hip-hop album. Uh, The guy's pretty eclectic. He's had quite the career. um, uh, It spans back uh, as far as 1999 uh, when his first album uh, came out. I hear he got his start driving a bus. That's probably where the name came from. Definitely. He definitely strikes me as a bus driving kind of dude. I'm not sure why I get that impression from him. But it's listed on his resume. It's Yeah, it's probably. Because I you know, I, was, I saw him on LinkedIn. It's... <laughs> um, uh, but I was introduced to this album by uh, a friend I did sort of an album exchange with. I can't remember what I gave them. They gave me uh, this album. It was like Bus Driver, Perfect Hair, and like you look at the cover, and you just have no idea what you're getting into, because it tells you nothing, it looks, it looks like, you know, vintage, it looks like a vintage Nine Inch Nails album or something, so I thought, like, oh, this is gonna be some kind of, like, noise rock thing or something, but I threw it on, I was kind of, uh, pleasantly surprised, I was like, oh, okay, this is one of the, one of them, their hippity-hop albums that the kids all enjoy, um, Uh, but that was sort of like my first, uh, experience, uh, this is, this, uh, Perfect Hair is my first experience with Bus Driver, uh, other than tracks that I didn't know I'd actually heard him on before, as we were talking about, uh, prior to the podcast. Byron mentioned him appearing on an Islands track, um, in 2006, uh, and I had heard this song before, um, but, um that's sort of where I got my start with this uh, particular artist. So I guess um, what we'll do is we'll go uh, general first impressions when you first threw it on. Uh, We'll start with Byron. What'd you think when you first threw on Bus Driver's Perfect Hair?
2: Well, I mean the, the first track, I mean, as it starts out, Retirement Ode uh, is really good. Uh, I I love the beat that it, that it kicks into, but I I mean, the funniest part is kind of it, for the I think it 's the chorus really um there 's just a guy reciting the amount that it costs to do different parts of the album, like a receipt of the entire uh thing, and I think that that sets kind of a tone for the album uh definitely that it 's very introspective and it 's kind of meant to be seen as more of like a meta album, if you will that 's aware of of where it is in. 2014 hip hop, I guess. And I think bringing in uh, other people like Aesop Rock and, and Open Mike Eagle uh, and Danny Brown are like very 2014 people uh, to have guest starring uh, on your album. So I thought that was uh, really good.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Retirement Ode, uh, that's a great little track. Uh, I actually like like when I first heard. Like, when it it first started, and I, you know, like, obviously the cool little, like, you know, the chef used during the creation of Perfect Hair cost approximately everything, you know, and and then you go into him actually starting rapping, and it was just like, whoa, this guy's just immediately got a very distinctive voice, uh, and a very distinctive flow. I guess I would compare him to, like, maybe, like, Busta Rhymes, but without crack. Um... (laughs) And, and I think that retirement ode, like the song in and of itself, is just entirely clever. Um, it's just like all these various things, and I, I just love the the, the 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 constant refrain of "but you knew that, come on." And it's just like it, it, it's sort of like a fun track, but it's definitely got its introspective moments as well. So I think that it definitely sets up where the rest of the album is going, in that it's both it's going to. Have a lot of fun and be very aware of itself, but it's also looking very seriously uh towards some things on the uh the the inside
0: um I agree with the Busta rhymes comparison. it certainly gets a lot more stark in uh later tracks in the album yeah um <clears throat> yeah this album really does set the tone for it It's kind of just like a listing like back and forth like it it gets up and then it, it comes down like. Uh, with the beat for it um, and um yeah the the absurdity of the uh the listing I think it's like uh the backup singers each cost six thousand euros or like however many million reals or whatever <laughs> yeah. it says um,
1: they keep doing it in different denominations it 's not just like um in dollars it 's always in a different denomination <laughs> right something else is described.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of surreal absurdity and it's and that's like reflected in the lyrics. Like later in the album we'll see that he um he kind of like plays with the sounds that different phrases make even though they don't really um like maybe make sense or convey a specific meaning.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Taylor, what'd you think when you first threw on Perfect Hair?
3: Okay, so last year when I heard about this album on the needle drop, <laughs> I Uh, listened to it once on Bandcamp and thought, eh. And then when you sent us the album, Link, I was like, oh, I've heard of this before, but I've heard this before, but I don't remember anything about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I listened to it again and this... this, I did eventually come around to liking it quite a bit, but this album took a while to grow on me.
1: (laughs) I think that it's definitely a challenging record. Um not only from the opening track but like you know when I was first listening to it and it was just like okay I can dig what this thing's doing and then you go into uh, the second track Bliss Point and it was like oh this is something entirely different what are you
3: doing bus driver guy and like there's, there's this weird guy singing who sounds like a rapping Jello Biafra and there's like there's like dream pop synthesizers and hip hop drums, <laughs>
1: and it's just so <laughs> offbeat. Like I, I can't. I don't even know like the time signature of Bliss Point. I just know that like he said that he wanted to do a, um like, like Bliss Point, uh, especially the second verse. He said he wanted to do a verse that was just nothing but triplets, and like mm. I didn't even realize that was what he had done until I went back and counted it out. I was like, oh, well, I'll be damned. He I wish it. I had known that.
2: Yeah. Now I'm going to listen to that. Uh, that la, track. La, yeah. Ga, ga. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just like the whole verse is in triplets. And I was like, oh, that's really, it really comes out of nowhere too. It's just like, you've got all these sounds layered together. Like you've got, um, like I swear what sounds like a vocaloid, like kind of underneath yeah. everything. I'm not, I'm not being facetious either. This is like, it's sitting down to pick this out and really, um, you know, it, this is really one of those ones that um, bears listening to with headphones.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: you're gonna you're gonna hear something that you didn't pick out every time, but yeah. they're layering all these things that you didn't pick out, and then all of a sudden it like breaks into those triplets, and um, it, it sounds like. Well, I have it written in my notes, it sounds like a Spanish horn section, but it's all <laughs> vocals like layered on each other.
1: That's totally <laughs> an appropriate um, comparison. <laughs> I've never thought of it like that
3: he definitely he's very creative with the way he uses his voice as an instrument. Yeah, yes. and I
1: think that that's something that you know we're going to be talking about a lot throughout this record is that it's not so much what he's saying that's really like trying to get the point across. It's like he he seems like a guy that is very in love with words and the sounds that they make and how they can fit together like in a really weird uneven tetris board. But still, be like really like it could still really say something even if the
3: words at their face value aren't. He's he he. I'm gonna bring back my dream pop comparison. He reminds me of like young Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocteau <laughs> Twins. Oh wow. man! But like, if she was a rapper with a deeper voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In in, ter- in terms of like the words themselves not always being as important as the way they sound
1: (laughs) yeah you you get that a lot in things like that or you know i think you could definitely point to radiohead um and tom york's very similar use of words and how he would rather use his
0: voice as an instrument uh being part of the music rather than separate from it something else interesting about bliss point and uh this is also a motif later on in the album is um there's a lot of dissonance with uh things that kind of feel like they they don't fit like (laughs) yeah the mix like um like there literally sounds like there's a jazz horn section going on in the next room like they didn't have (laughs) you know egg crate foam on the walls and it's not even in the same key and it's just like kind of off in the distance like what is that
1: (laughs) it's like parts of it's parts of the album can sound like
0: they're falling apart
1: and, 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 but it's falling yes. apart in such a way that... It
0: it's turns. like a Beck album in that way. <laughs> yeah, you
1: listen to Mellow Gold. like, like Beck's Mellow Gold is a good example of an album that sounds like it's just going to fall apart at any second. But it still like manages to hold itself together with a bit of duct tape. And you've got all the pieces kind of just clanging together and making a racket. But it's still very listenable.
2: I think that it's a very jazz approach to or like kind of that jazz punk approach to just like mixing not not mixing actually uh yeah. mixing is is the completely wrong word for that but showing the having those classic but but still trying to bring that as a audio aesthetic of the album
1: Yeah yeah it's definitely it's it's kind of patchwork i guess um
2: yeah is, is that's a good that's it. a good word for it and i think that's that's cool because there's a lot of focus uh in music now towards like the mashup or the mix if you will yeah um and, and so it's interesting having especially in like a hip hop album which is usually all about sampling uh and getting things syncopated onto like the same beat uh to have something like you said is like off key and off time and like off in off in the distance in every way uh, so that's uh, that's a good approach.
0: Well the two it's it's heavily sampled, but a lot of the samples are, are pitch shifted or down sampled or, or distorted in such a way that they're almost unrecognizable. And it's like the layering it, it's like if you're really not paying attention to it, you're just like, Okay, this is just kind of like a janky um syncopated whatever, there's like a lot of things going on, but um there's really a lot more going on, um, you know, with repeated listens. Um you could probably um, go insane trying to piece out every single voice that's uh, playing at once on a given track. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it's 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 a layered album that like I I think definitely works well on your system. You know, it'll sound good, but I think that to get everything, and if you're the kind that wants to kind of like get everything that you can out of an album, you definitely want to go through this album one or two times with headphones. That way you can sort of absorb all the layers and just, like, hear the various production techniques that are happening or the things that are happening in a track that, like, why are they there? That shouldn't be there, but it still sounds good.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree with the it, – it definitely an album you need to listen to headphones. Though I, I wish me being in, in the city, I actually wish I had a car. This album specifically made me wish I had a car so that I could be able to blast it, yeah, uh, in a car while driving because I also feel like a lot of the tracks uh, can get into that. We'll, I'll, I'll come back to that later. Bliss Point is definitely the I felt the the turning point on the album where like uh, I, I think you you said that Retirement Ode uh, being a good intro, but Bliss Point is definitely the time when everything was like
0: whoa
1: yeah that's when Uh, everything takes a turn and he's like oh i'm in for something entirely different and And most of
0: the tracks on the album are short i mean retirement ode is like a three plus minute track but um the the way like most of it's interspersed with the um it, you know, the, the gibberish about the cost of the various parts of the album, there's like not a whole lot of song in there. And it's like a lot of tracks just like end. It's like, that's it. They're just done. Um, you know, with all their build up. but yeah, when you, by the time you get the bliss point, it's just like, um, okay, well that was, <laughs> it's, it, it, that's when it like grabs you by the color and it's like, okay, this is what you're going to be listening to for the next forty whatever minutes because it's not a long album at all. <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty easy to digest in that it's not a long
1: album, but it is going to challenge you um, based on your preconceptions of you know what hip hop is or what it's supposed to be. Um, you know, it's 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 a much different approach than what you're going to hear on like radio hip hop for sure. <laughs> That said, um, the next track, Ego Death, is probably the most straightforward, um, kind of like, I guess, bangerish ish um, rap, al- rap song on the album. Do we have any thoughts on Ego Death?
3: I have some. <laughs> Go for it. I hate this fucking song.
1: You know, I- I'll tell you what. You know what ruins this song for me? And I, I don't dislike Danny Brown at all. In
3: fact, (laughs)
1: fact, I think Danny Brown works really well on his own projects. I think Triple X and Old are great albums, but whatever, like, the Walmart brand Be Real that he is trying to channel (laughs) at at the end of this track, it almost ruins the whole thing for me. Like, I really dig Driver's verse, and I think Aesop Rock, both, you know, him and Driver just knocked it out of the freaking park with their verses, but... Good Lord, Danny Brown just comes in and it just does the biggest dump he can on trying to just like put a gun to this track's head and blow it out, you know, blow brains right out the fucking side of its head.
0: I, I like that comparison, the Walmart brand. Be real, because he he sounds like a con or cartoon character trying to play a pimp and like a bad Adult Swim one-off. Um, you know, thing like, you know, a minor character that showed up in like Aqua Teen Hunger Force or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the voice that, is really irritating.
3: Yeah. But yeah, that that verse initially, like, is what kept me from liking this album because I found it hard to get past this song for a couple of days.
1: I, I, do, th- I do think that there, he has a very funny line about slapping his girl with his dick and it's not domestic <laughs> abuse because
3: she likes that shit.
1: I thought that
3: was pretty funny. Yeah, but Uh, also... uh, Go ahead. Also, I just think the refrain in this song is really annoying.
1: Really? I like the... uh, I Uh, actually like
3: the chorus. I thought the chorus was pretty
2: good. That's like... Aesop Rock's, like, sing voice is definitely the worst Aesop Rock side that he could contribute to a track. I gotta say, I love his... uh, The verse parts are good, but, like... When he tries to do his, like, R&B sing song, uh, I don't, just don't think it works out.
1: I thought, I think that just, like, the way that it works with the beat and just, like, the way that it's just kind of just as harsh. And, uh, yeah, I think that, like, just, I mean, this is, yeah, I'm probably the outlier here, but I actually like the, the chorus on uh ego.
0: Oh no, I I like how it, like, takes it down because the verses are so manic and just, yeah. like, it's, like, you know like push and pull and push and pull. And then it's just, um, that, you know, the, that chorus comes in and it's, you know, that lazy, like it in a lot of the tracks on this, it's hard to establish a beat because you've got percussion. That sounds like a bunch of silverware slapping <laughs> together, like an old jalopy card that can't start up. Yeah. Um, and then you've got vocal elements that are following maybe a more steady beat most of the time, but it's, everything's like counterpointed <laughs> off each other. And then that, um, In this track, when that chorus comes in, it kind of centers it, at least for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it gives it a bit of a grounded uh, feel because, you know, like, both Bus Driver and Aesop Rock are going fucking hard uh, on this track. And, like, the, the, the lyrical pictures they are painting are kind of really hard to grasp, and they're not holding back on any of their skill at all. Um,. And, and i didn't even know until after you know listening to perfect hair that like bus driver was actually more of kind of a speed rapper uh when he started out like and that that's where a lot of um sort of his chops on uh ego death uh, are coming from
2: i think it's interesting they mix they that Aesop rock was with him because i i i feel bus driver actually shares a lot of his cadence and pacing in in his lyrical style with Aesop Rock
1: and sheer lyrical absurdity
2: yeah and there were like literally points when I would be listening to this album and only half paying attention where I would have to check whether I was still listening to the ego death track because I swore that I was still listening to an Aesop Rock song (laughs) uh, instead of a bus driver and I was like wait a second what no 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 this is bus driver again uh, so that threw me off uh, a couple times, but all all three of them definitely have. Uh, I, I think that they, they make it an interesting mix because each of them definitely have are, are very rhythmic rappers. I think, yeah. Uh, in, the, in the they definitely have their rhythms uh, that they build their lines around, uh, and Danny Brown has certainly his own like trademark. Uh, way of sounding, and that 's what makes him unique uh and a and a acquired taste uh yeah, I, I <laughs> say.
1: and like i said i th- I think danny brown like i I think he works well in his own world, but it just to me i i don 't see how he fits with either uh A$AP rock or bus driver at least on this track. he just feels kind of tacked on at the end and it didn't really like it's just that uh, yeah, that that like his verse really just It just ruined it for me It also like, makes
3: <laughs> it also makes the song too long.
1: Yeah, the song is nearly six minutes
2: all, uh, by the time uh, uh, just that beat going over. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: the, the beat doesn't like yeah, the beat doesn't change up, and that's the the weird thing it, is that like this is an album where the beats very this, rarely stay still. I actually is kinda
0: it? wanted to talk about the beat. Go for um, it. Um so yeah like th- like the the first part I had on my notes about this is farting bass <laughs> because that's that was the initial impression that I got, but actually like later on this in the song, you can almost tell that like several of the voices in this are probably like this one sample that are just like pitch shifted or whatever because like there's the, there's that farting bass part, but then like later on in the song, you kind of get a faint sound of a like a like a transfer or busy signal on a phone, yeah. Cause th- think like uh, Pink Floyd's Young Lust, that part at the end where yeah. he's making the collect call or whatever. And then there's there's parts where that's pitched higher. And I think that, like that same sample is just like you know altered and used in multiple places within the track.
1: Yep, it's it's definitely like like we said that's not something you're gonna get the first time you listen to the album because that fart bass is really basically what's driving the entire song. But there are those little shinier moments in the track that you kind of like, you're only going to notice if you're either listening for them or you're uh, rocking some headphones with it.
0: And I like how they rhymed uh, Ruby Quartz with, with booty, booty Warts.
1: warts. Yeah.
0: Yes! <laughs> uh, that is definitely uh, my that high That
2: is point. one of the standout lyrics of yes. this album.
1: that's That's one of my
2: high points, definitely. So so it was uh, yeah, you, go, you it was definitely a track of ups and ups and downs.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How's are how you guys feeling about upsweep?
0: I was gonna say is that a segue? Yeah. Ups yes. and downs. That's yeah. that segue. That's the best S- we're going <laughs> yeah. It's
1: our sago. That's as good as it's gonna get.
2: I I loved Upsweep. Uh, personally. It was it was definitely one of my favorite uh tracks and probably the one that that I'll be returning to. One of the ones I'll be returning to like most often if I just like feel like listening to this randomly.
1: Yeah, this is the first track that was really like okay, this is my favorite track on the album. Like it was the first time that was the first one I really latched onto uh, my first time listening to the album because like it it's a challenging album and I wasn't sure what I thought about it by the time I finished it the first time, but I knew that I really liked Upsweep a lot. It's just. Um, He's doing a lot of rap singing, and I usually don't like that a lot because I think most rappers should just not sing. But... Only oh, when Aesop Rock does yeah. it.
0: Well, and and um, it's got almost a reggae quality to it yeah. when he does that rap singing because a lot of reggae artists or yeah, raga or whatever um, dub weird. artists do that. Yeah.
1: Um. Damn. Yeah. That's that's. You took the words right out of my mouth because that was where I was going to go next. <laughs>
0: but um it yeah it is one of the more early melodic tracks and um it has a steadier beat and it's it's still got like the layered like the percussion that's kind of like janky and syncopated but you know with the with how um rapid fire the lyrics are they kind of counterbalance each other um and like overall it's like it's not a more challenging i wouldn't say it's um I wouldn't say anything up to this point has been so challenging as to where, like, I just can't enjoy this at all. But uh, this is one of the more, um, you know, it it, it it hooks you more so than, like, previous three tracks have.
1: Yeah, it's it's got, um, uh, it's a little more accessible. It's a little more sugary, sweet. Um, it's not really more straightforward. Uh, but it's definitely, like, if you listen to it the first time, it's not going to throw you off like, you know, some of the later tracks might. If if you've never heard Bus Driver before. Uh and if you and if you like Bus Driver singing, uh his his album prior to this Bows and Arrows, uh, is actually really pretty good too. Uh, it's very similar to a lot of the stuff you'll hear uh from songs like uh Upsweep and later when we talk about things like motion lines. Um, uh, so any other thoughts on Upsweep? If you were into the beat
2: on that, mm-hmm. uh uh Polly, you'll you'll probably be happy to hear it. It's by uh an artist I think out of California called uh Mono Poly. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I have heard of Monopoly. Um, Who's really great. Uh and if you're into into the the beat on upsweep definitely check out his uh album, his like uh, Golden Skies, I think. Yeah. This is a recent one. Uh is like is definitely totally in that theme. Uh and has very similar like production style. Uh so check that out cuz that's like uh, very similarly uh, uh it's just amazing uh, it's a really great uh de- definitely one of m- one of my favorite production pairs I think on this album with uh with bus driver' style
3: yeah I think this is Upsweep is like the start of my personal point where this album sort of hits its stride yeah I think like this and the next three songs are probably. This and one song we'll get to later is probably like my favorite part of the these three songs and the one later is probably my favorite part of this album. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Upsleep it does. It does have that kind of a sh- sh- almost like sugary sweet element to it, but it's got a lot of like weird stuff going on in the instrumentals and like the echo mixing in some parts
0: a lot of almost uh, like space rock or spacey um elements uh, in a lot of tracks on this album. Yeah,
1: this this song is definitely it's
0: got a distant sound uh in the the uh, the beat and the overall production. Yeah, I think I think the words film score were uh you know something that kept popping up in my notes as I yeah, was <laughs> yeah. trying to codify uh the you know what I was thinking when I was listening to this.
3: I think this is the track where uh at the end of some of the phrases in the verses when he like clips off one of his phrases it does that sort of analog delay-ish and self-oscillations so good yeah i love that part that <laughs> it's a neat little production trick that really elevates the song for me yeah,
1: yeah i definitely and i'm also definitely with you that i think that uh, upsweep in the next few tracks are like i think the core of what make this album just like really cool um, and, and make it really stand out. Uh, especially for me. I just, I think like those those three tracks are simply amazing. Yeah. So, um, when the tooth lined horizon blinks, <laughs>
0: is that a yeah, coheed a and Cambria track? Like That's
1: a coheed and Cambria <laughs> track. I'm sorry. No, this, this is uh, the next track. Um, Uh, a very weird song title it was sort of like the first song title that jumped out of me when i was like looking at the back i was like oh okay when the tooth line horizon blinks this is some indie rock shit isn't it (laughs) (laughs) it it looking at the names of some of the songs you know when you first you're just holding the cd and you're not really sure what you're holding on to like that was the one that jumped out at me i was like oh okay i'm gonna be listening to something really weird and turns out i was but i was definitely (laughs) pleasantly surprised um Wow, this did, and this uh, and this one features open Mike eagle, um, and oh yeah, this is good lord one of my favorites
3: uh, on the album. Uh, uh, this just, this song is really good. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
3: I just I love the way, like I I almost feel like this song is in my mind. this song is what ego death was trying for, but with a little more variation and sort of liveliness to it.
1: Yeah, and and substance as well.
3: Yeah it's cuz it's got it's got a bit of a harder driven beat than the songs that surround it but it's also got some more of that wackiness and that sort of atypical atypicality that bus driver injects into most of the rest of the album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I also I like the part about drowning my voice in all this broken delay and then you hear the delay
3: all over the place. It's really cool. <laughs> I like And I th- And I I like how, like, that sort of low-down, like, Moog bass line is sort of accented with that higher, sort of chimier kind of synth sound. Yeah, it's
1: a really cool contrast.
3: And I don't know, I just like that that blink-me-away-from-here refrain throughout the song. And I think Open Mike Eagle's verses are really good on this, too.
1: Oh, yeah, he nailed it. Just, yeah, so those is- are some great verses from Open Mike Eagle, but it's no surprise cuz I I don't think Open Mike Eagle's done anything that I dislike so far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like um Open Mike Eagle's uh, delivery is uh you know, it's an interesting contrast to like the high energy production of the rest of the track cuz he's he's got like almost bordering on Snoop Dogg like laziness to his delivery, but it never really like lags behind. Um it, Mostly this song reminds me of Gnarls Barkley tracks. Yeah. Like um, Go-Go Gadget Gospel or Transformer. Um, And actually, some of the slower tracks on this remind me of slower Gnarls Barkley tracks. But... um, yeah, talking about the lyrics, like that, Blink Me Away from Here, and then like the mentions of Hell Cl- Hellfire Club. And uh, like we were talking about before, I-, I did no research on this before we <laughs> started the podcast. So I don't know if Hellfire Club is like the name of his um, posse or record label or whatever, or if he's just like a really big X Men fan.
3: Yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> That's you know, what I blink, was
0: blink Me Away from Here, like the character Blink, like teleport him yeah. away from here. I don't know. <laughs> if, if you're familiar like with Open
1: Mike Eagle's work, um and like bus driver and milo um all they are in hellfire club it's sort of their little rap collective that they're in with a few other people um, and they have a free mixtape out that um you can uh, check out on i think it's Bandcamp. so yeah you know, if you want yeah,
3: to go, they have all their stuff yeah which if, is really good by the way
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a really really good mixtape it's free you can go listen to it anywhere so to get a good sampling of a lot of the artists that we're talking about here um But but uh, if if you know these guys, they they're definitely nerds. You know they're definitely (laughs) the ones made. So there is no there is no coincidence that Hellfire Club and is an X Men, (laughs) yeah, and Blink me away from here is a reference. Even though you know it's a catchy little phrase in and of itself, um, but it's definitely you know that there's a reference there because of just how dorky these guys are.
2: Yeah, I I, and with with Hellfire Club. Uh, and Open Mike Eagle, especially I think Open Mike Eagle is one of the standout uh MCs of twenty fifteen. Absolutely. Uh the split pants it soundcheck uh or like special episode EP he did. Yeah uh, is, it's is is so just good. so yeah. It's that, a follow exactly.
1: up it's a follow up to Dark Comedy, which was last year, I think.
2: Yeah, that was that was twenty fourteen, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he did uh the, the follow up EP this year, and that EP is just like a great little burst of, like, 25 minutes of really good, like, conscious rap.
2: If you are into this album, listeners out there, definitely check out uh, that EP uh, by Open Mike Eagle. It's probably on SoundCloud or Bandcamp. Uh, you it's know on Google. Spotify for sure. Or, and definitely on there. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, good. That, that that That's a damn good track. Um, and we move on to, I think, which is my favorite, um track on the album Motion Lines, which is just this really uh, it's a really weird turn for the album, I think, because it,
0: I just want to say it starts off like Big Papa, but if you like let all the air out of its tires Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah Absolutely, uh, and this is like uh, just a real song about um, a relationship that had fallen apart and the imagery uh, the Bus Driver kind of puts to that you know and how you know that 's painful, and how it 's his fault um and just the imagery of being shredded in this person 's motion lines as they 're leaving his life is just like that 's such that 's a really good dose of imagery um and he, i don 't think you get imagery out of uh, out of hip hop that much that 's like that it 's just very well done, and just the track itself uh has an amazing uh chorus that I think is just like soulful and you know he's going for you know this gut-wrenching kind of ouch this really hurts kind of feel um and even though like you know it's like an over five minute track it doesn't feel like it you know definitely it's good it's one of those tracks that is just like it's over before it finishes and you don't even realize it's five minutes later
3: i think this is also where his singing voice is sort of like the most convincing in its sort of emotional delivery. Yeah, definitely. I would I would say this is also my favorite song on the album, although "Colonize the Moon" gives it a, mo- a run for its money.
1: Ooh, that's that's a close <laughs> one.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is. You see, this is what I was afraid of: is that me and Polly were just going to say the same exact yeah, things about we, every I song.
1: Think, <laughs> I think we're definitely on the same page uh, for this album so far. What do you um? We, um boner and byron thoughts on motion lines
0: i like it talking about how his vocal delivery um works well um it's really highlighted when you know the first part of the chorus where all the percussion drops out and it's just the vocal delivery and then there's um there's chords underneath it which are all like you know you know like a lot of voices on this album pitch shifted and downsampled um you know played with screwed around voices mm-hmm. uh, human voices that are used as an instrument um and and if he you know if he had worse vocal delivery than he does i guess it wouldn't really work yeah. like taking all that foundation from underneath it and then after he does that it just like pushes pushes on to this like almost danceable second part of the chorus it's like uh, almost dubstep like if you can you know really yeah, get yeah, into that um or at least like tension. lighter yeah Jolt, step or whatever.
1: Yeah, it, it, it kicks it up for that second half of the of the chorus, and it's, re- it's it's really unexpected, but he makes it work really well.
0: And I was just like, that line, uh, "This shit's depressing, man. Get over it." Um, yeah,
1: I love that, that kind of hits ad-lib. really
0: like owl cut punch.
1: I love that little ad lib there. It's just like it didn't even feel, you know, like it wasn't a written lyric. It was just like it's just depressing. Get over it. <laughs> Byron, yeah, any thoughts?
2: Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't even. You're right. I didn't really have that much. I don't know. This this actually <laughs> wasn't one of the the standout tracks uh, for me on the album. Was kind of the like I, I had a lot of opinions. And and, and to be honest, like between uh, Upsuite and When the Toothline Horizon Blinks, and then the next track, uh, which I think are some of my favorites, like this one. I'm just neutral on it. Sorry, that's my that's my damning <laughs> faint praise or something. Uh, uh, but that's how that's how I felt about it.
1: Uh, and you're buzzing
3: again, by the way.
0: <gasps> Jankle your wankle. Jankle your wankle.
3: Move your headphone cable, or whatever it is you did last time. <laughs> there it goes.
1: Okay, so we move on uh, to Eat Rich, which... Again, is another kind of sharp turn for where the album is going to jerk you for the next uh, few tracks. uh, You know, where you had these very atmospheric, soulful, um, very melodic, uh, albeit, you know, pitched and distorted and tuned down to crazy, you know, weird, um, you know, segments. We go into Eat Rich, which. Has more of a traditional kind of rap flow, but is still kind of off kilter in uh, its own little way lyrically, um, uh, as well as just it's, it's it's kind of it's a beat that's kind of similar to Retirement Ode, but it's a little more subdued in that it's not uh, kind of um, as off its rocker as it might seem. Uh, any other thoughts?
0: I didn't think this one was as much of a turn, um, just kind of because it's ground we've sort of covered before. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the voices in here, I mean it's it's got that weird Atari bass and it's got that uh that siren sample or whatever that they uh pitch shift upward until it almost sounds like a you know a reel to reel deck spinning off the reel. Yeah. Um but other than that, it's like not not a whole lot that special going on here. Um the line, the like the main hook line, you know, it's like I'm so hungry, I could eat the rich. Um I mean, it's cliche, but his delivery, you know, kind of pulls it off. But uh, other than that, this one just didn't stand out.
2: Yeah. Oh man, I I loved it. I thought I thought the hook was was gold, and it's definitely my favorite of the the music videos that came out of this uh my album uh, album too. So I guess that that makes it one of the singles,
1: probably. Uh, uh, yeah. Really if
2: is. singles account for anything in in twenty fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: uh, it's definitely like a weird choice for a single. But again, I think that. It's kind of got a bit more of an accessible sound, so I guess I can see why that would be a single. The music video for it is pretty good. It definitely
2: feels like kind of one of the more popular tracks, yeah. I guess I would say, um, towards it. So, so yeah, I definitely it, this is the one I would probably expect to hear on like a college radio station, uh, yeah. something like that.
3: I enjoy this track, but I'm kind of with Boner on like yeah it's not really a standout for me. And I actually didn't watch any of the music videos for this. I wasn't aware that there were music videos for this album.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good track. It's not bad. I think that it just kind of like, like, and, and what I meant by it's a turn is I mean that like, um, you know, from, you know, upsweep through, uh, motion lines, you know, all of these tracks are very atmospheric and dreamy. And, um, they, they, they kind of have sort of deeper, you know, philosophical meaning to where the lyrics are going. Um, whereas Eat Rich is very much like, you know, a poppier song. You know, there's not a lot of atmospherics going on in it. It's just kind of, it's doing its own thing. It's an alright track. It's not the best on the album, though. So we move on to King Cookie Faced for her.
0: Any thoughts? I wasn't expecting him to put a glitchcore track on the album. <laughs> So like right off it's like I can't tell if that's supposed to be like a coffee pot dripping or somebody playing ping pong ping pong or that um that weird like 80s drum machine yeah. sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't I don't know it's just like parts of it are like elements of like light jazz um with just like this really depressing kind of <laughs> vocal delivery. Oh god, um, yeah. It's it's just like the biggest mess. I think not in a bad way necessarily, no, it's, but it's a yeah, album. it's really like a big takedown from the popular track that preceded it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I really like the uh, just the 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 message he's conveying in the song about you know being with somebody who only likes you when you're high. It's like Jesus Christ, <laughs> she only likes me when I'm not myself. It's like damn, you know, it's just like that, that uh, pitch-shifted chorus is just really depressing and. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a really it's a great mess of a track and a real standout for me. Um, Taylor.
3: I think this track is pretty good. Um I think this track edges on being too dreary and too sort of like atmospheric and soupy sounding, but I think in the end it does manage to pull off what it's going for, but it's sort of like just riding the borderline for me of it's like, it goes far enough that it accomplishes what it wants to, but if it had been a little bit more or a little bit less, I think this track would have just fallen apart.
1: Yeah, it, it's a little on the nose, I guess. But,
3: I mean, this whole album sounds like it's on the verge of just collapsing under its own artistic genius, so... Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's really why I like it um, <laughs> as a whole, honestly. Uh, Byron. I think we might
3: have lost Byron.
1: Oh, jeez, I just realized... Sorry, I was...
2: Just getting into how how much I like this, and I realized I'd muted it uh, oh, as I was attempting to like permanently fix my mic buzzing.
1: Oh well, uh, you failed situa- miserably, but do continue. <laughs> uh
2: well, fuck. um, but no, I I I thought this track was like uh was pretty good. Again, like the the kind of message behind it uh, is really weird, but I I thought it stood out as one of uh the tracks that uh, Bus Driver himself did the production work on this yeah, one Yeah, um, and so I thought, I thought that was really cool, it was definitely, uh, I think my favorite of the ones uh, he had done, uh, again, like Motion Lines uh, didn't, like, uh, didn't super stand out to me personally but, but uh, yeah, this, this one I thought the beat, the beat making was so good and it made me really hungry uh, to listen to more of like just the Bus Driver uh, instrumentals in general, I'd wanna, I'm hungry for more of that
1: yeah yeah it's, it's 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 a great little track a bit depressing can borderline on a bit too much but uh, it's a beautiful little mess of a track that pretty cool pretty cool um so we got can't you tell I'm a sociopath featuring verbs um
3: who wants to start on this one um I guess I'll start this is one of the this is another track I think that is sort of like a sort of a mark against the album i don't like i don't like despise it as much as i hate ego death but this is another one i'm just like eh, there's something about this track that doesn't work for me and i can't really explain why
1: yeah I, I i sort of feel the same though i do really really like how the chorus soars uh once it gets going i think it's a really good chorus at least um yeah and, uh, other than that, I don't think that it's one of the standouts, but it, it's not a skipper for me. I don't, you know, in, I, I won't get I won't get to it in, like, you know, like I get to the Danny Brown verse of Ego <laughs> Day. It's like, all right, next track starts.
2: Yeah. See, it's funny you mention that because I think this is the track that explains why, like, Danny Brown is in this album. I think his delivery on this track has much more of a Danny Brown bouncy, uh... Flow to it,
3: yeah.
1: I can
2: um, as, as more uh, compared to his other tracks, uh, and so and so. I think that this like, I I think that this like this one specifically hits maybe the same things for you, Taylor, <laughs> that the da- the Danny Brown did with with Ego Death. Maybe that's why you. are uh,
3: I think I just don't like Danny Brown. <laughs> that's true, like entirely. I I
0: don't I don't know this guy enough to um. Kind of despise him as much as apparently the rest of you all do, um, however, just my thoughts on this track are um I feel like this whole album is kind of top heavy in that it's like it has spacier songs and poppier songs, but then like when it tries to get into cons- conceptual stuff, i mean of course there 's motion lines, sure it 's relatively early on and then when you get, when you get into King Cookie face, which just takes like a, a pretty much a one eighty from the rest of the sound this has. And then he jumps into this shit, like like I can't tell if it's like this weird carnival um I don't know polka music or <laughs>
1: yeah it's, whatever it's it's a weird, weird beat um <laughs> that uses a lot of just like from out of
0: left field instrumental um that's just kind of like, well, okay, that's
1: dun, 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 yeah dun,
0: I, dun, dun. I swear it played the final fantasy win theme at one point in there. <laughs>
2: That's, I definitely assumed that it was sampling from some SNES or some. I mean, maybe not, but that's definitely what they want you to think that it's just sampling some like two-bar riff from a from a fantasy game.
1: Yeah, I I can definitely hear that while listening uh, to this track. Definitely, I'm
0: I just feel like if, I feel like some track order tweaking might have been in order if you're gonna have weirder stuff um it's you know mixed in with loaded. like the space here yeah i just wouldn't know where the hell you'd put this yeah um it might just be like what i
1: would do is maybe just omit it and then put uh the untitled track into the main ta- track listing that's fair enough would, that's what i would do <laughs> uh, um so i guess we really don't have other strong opinions uh other than that you know we can sort of understand why danny brown might fit in with bus driver um because of this track um no other strong opinions on it i guess then
3: yeah Yeah. i Uh, mean you know it's it's not a skipper but it's like it's just kind of a kind of
1: track it's there and it's not a skipper um, so we move to, which is basically the album finale before The Hidden Track, Colonize the Moon. Taylor, get us started.
3: Okay, so I really love this song.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so good.
3: I mean, just apart from, like, the the weird quirkiness and this money's not to help the children, it's to help me colonize the moon. <laughs> it, it, There's just... It's it just... this This track really pushes my buttons and... I don't know. I mean, it just barely misses being my favorite to motion lines. I almost feel like this song is like the perfect mirror image to Retirement Ode to sort of close the album because it's got the more manic off-kilter verses juxtaposed against some of the more spacey... And, like, in line with that motion lines tooth line horizon kind of atmospheric elements in the choruses absolutely yeah, and there's there 's lots of neat stuff going on with the instrumentals and the production in this album, and, and especially on this song, in my opinion and yeah, yeah. i don 't know this is just <laughs> this is one of those songs that ended up in my spotify playlist, so yeah,
1: it 's it's mm. really just a fantastic closer. um and you know, I'm with Taylor on this one. I knew we would probably be very much on the same page for a lot of this, but it's definitely like colonize the moon the way it juxtaposes with retirement ode. But sort of like is also this really great summation of what this album has been, both lyrically and uh, musically. Uh, it's just top notch, uh, Byron. I
2: yeah, I I echo literally everything that you guys are saying. This is this is the the closer of the album, and kind of through. The underwhelming uh song, the Can't You Tell I'm a Sociopath? Like it, like you said with, with reordering tracks, like I I I feel like can't Can't You Tell I'm a Sociopath, like they didn't really know where to put that at a certain point they were like, well, we can't make it the last track because we have this awesome, like, album closer, Colonize the Moon, to end it with, so they had to uh, stick it second to last. But like if you if getting through that and if you don't uh you, this track just like blows the This is probably one of my, definitely one of my stand-ups on the album behind uh, Upsweep.
0: And Boner. Uh, I'm going to be the dissenting voice of uh, (laughs) being an old stick in the mud and say, I didn't think this track was really that special. Oh, Um, really? I didn't think it did a whole lot that we didn't hear, like, on on earlier tracks, like Upsweep. And, um... I don't know. I feel like if they took that whole chorus track of Colonize the Moon" and stuck it over like a ripped off uh, '70s funk Daft Punk Mm -hmm. uh, track, um, (laughs) like you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference.
3: (laughs) I think one of the the reasons I like this song is because the chorus reminds me of Boards of Canada.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah, I can see that.
3: (laughs) Uh, Listeners at home, if you haven't listened to Boards of Canada, Boards of Canada go listen to him
0: yeah um, wow. and so I just I just want to bring up a lyric and it's probably a misheard lyric but I want to say he says pimp C fan fiction at some point yeah I'm pretty sure he says pimp C fan fiction
3: it sounds about right
0: but yeah. but yeah I was lukewarm on the track I mean maybe with more lessons I'll come around to it I mean you know opinions change as you listen to stuff more or whatever but um, yeah I'm not not a huge fan
1: and then there is an untitled hidden track that um, that sort of comes like five minutes after "Colonize the Moon" ends. I have no idea what this track is called. Even through searching lyrics, I can't figure out what it's called. But um, like, I think it's just it,
3: untitled. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if if um, if "Colonize the Moon" had not been the closer, this would have made a fantastic closer as well. Um, uh, it's definitely a lot more tripped out than colonize the moon uh it the beat goes places um it changes itself up quite a bit and uh it's got open mic eagle doing uh, a very uh very nice uh chorus uh as well um
3: what'd you guys think of the uh the hidden track uh i thought it was pretty good um this is this is a track I think would have been better served coming before Colonize the Moon because yes. you know, it's just like sort of like it's like a nice because Colonize the Moon finishes out everything so perfectly that it's kind of weird hearing something else to come after it. Yeah,
0: yeah the, it, the placement really of is. this isn't very final. Um, it's, yeah. it's not a good closer track.
3: <laughs> I, I thought that
0: it would have made a decent
1: closer track had Colonize the Moon not existed. Um, but I really wish that like this would have been on the main track listing um, as I definitely to, wonder why
2: it's a bonus track as opposed to uh, what the point of that because I, I feel this is it, it, it should have been one of the one of the other tracks or like it, it deserves to be elevated at least uh, uh, at least above ego death uh, I was
1: wondering if maybe because maybe it sounds too bright whereas the rest of the album has a very much more atmospheric foreboding and dark feeling to it i was wondering if maybe, because this album like despite the fact that like the lyrical uh, sort of message is a bit dark it's got a very happy and just upbeat uh instrumental to it that uh, maybe wouldn't have gone so well at least you know from the concept that he was trying to put together maybe he didn't think that um it actually fit
0: uh, the rotation that he wanted yeah, it's got a great recurring lyric, uh, "kill your penis and worship mine."
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Kinky.
0: And yeah. and getting and getting back to like um, you know the sounds of lyrics versus their actual meaning, um, there's this this one uh, that I just wrote down, "Gay archbishop in game cartridges."
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's just that is just playing with words, but it sounds really good when you hear it together.
0: So, yeah, my thoughts on this were, um, yeah, it, it sounds very radioheady, uh, kind of like uh, Amnesiac or even um, <laughs> some of the less uh, minimalist tracks on Kid A. Yeah. Um, but um, otherwise, like, when, when you get into the meat of the song and the chorus and all that, it kind of reminds me of, uh, and I believe it was Poncho Smith who posted this on the Originalist and Club, the, uh, the Roots album Game Theory.
1: Good fucking album.
0: But it's it's also got those weird dissonant elements like we were talking about. It uses instrumentals which sound like you know they're not all in the same key or whatever. There's this there's this really weird descending uh, minor scale that yeah. recurs through the song that clashes with uh, some of the more you know popular upbeat elements uh, going through the whole track. But um, you know overall, like well, I don't think it's a uh, closer track material. It's still a really good, solid um solid addition to the album. Yeah, I I i i agree it's it's definitely very poppy it's like the only other song
2: that i think really matches it is eat rich uh kind of in terms of maybe the same like jangly happy more like electronic sounds but but it's uh uh yeah I, again i just want to know want to know what the story is with it being a, a bonus track
3: uh i I almost wonder if this was, like, an older track that they just never did anything with and sort of slapped onto the end they of this, this as a bonus, bonus cookie.
0: Ah, oh, that's that's a good point, too. <laughs> yeah, because most bonus tracks are, like, you know, they... It's it's kind of like some kind of thematic thread, but it's not like a regular song. Like, this could have been a single, you know, or it's just, like, lazy cover that was <laughs> stuck onto the end. But, yeah, I don't know. It It, it almost does kind of sound like something that was a B-side, really. Yeah
1: good track nonetheless so um i guess we'll wrap up with the uh uh final thoughts i'll give it a uh um, a, a good old college try here with final thoughts i adore this album uh unabashedly um i was completely just taken aback by how much i ended up liking it uh through the album exchange and ended up buying my own copy because it was just like yeah this this is this definitely needs to be in my collection as do more of bus drivers albums which i've been uh, steadily getting into like i don't want to just buy everything at bulk all at once you know so i just like you know buy a new bus driver album every month or so and just like throw that in like uh, i just tried out bows and arrows which is definitely more like if you like his more sing-songy approach uh and a bit less rapping um bows and arrows is really good um uh, he also did, um, I don't remember when this was, but he did an album with, uh, two dudes called Radioactive and Daedalus, um, uh, and it's just called The Weather, uh, and it's just a very absurd, um, album with just, like, I-, I think the production there might even be a bit more far out, uh, and the lyrics even more absurd, um, and also uh, Temporary Forever, which is uh, his debut. Uh, it still holds water uh, even now, you know, 16 years after it was released. I think that that, that is just a solid ass album. Uh, so go listen to more Bus Driver. Go listen to more Open Mike Eagle. Uh, check out Milo. He just released an album today as well. Um, Byron, final thoughts? Yeah,
2: definitely check out all of the, the Hellfire Club uh, associated artists uh, uh, also if, if you're into this check out uh, Edan, E-D-A-N uh, he hasn't released an album in forever but I, I feel like fans uh, people who enjoyed this album uh, will definitely enjoy uh, some of his work as well um, yeah this, uh, this album is great uh, I thought it was did this come out in 2014 or 2015 2014 2014 well it's definitely okay that makes that that i I think it's very i guess reflective um uh, of kind of what i consider like indie hip-hop uh in 2014 yeah um and and yeah i love the different production uh the different people uh he pulls from his beats uh being based in like hip-hop and electronica um and and each each it's very eclectic uh, and sometimes that works in that you get a lot of different stuff from him. Uh, you get a lot of different sides to Bus Driver. And sometimes, like, maybe you don't get the best side of him. Um, but it, it's definitely an album that I, I see myself coming back to when I'm building playlists. Uh, and I need to pick out, like, one song from this album. Uh, to pick between. Probably uh, Eat Rich uh, is the one I'm, I'm going to be spinning uh, over and over again.
3: Taylor! I ended up really liking this album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it took me a while to get around to this, because this isn't honestly like my usual fare for listening, as uh, you might be finding out soon... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I, I, like the reason I picked this is because I wanted to like try and throw people um, out of their element, uh, which is something I like to do with music—is throw things at people that they either don't normally listen to, or I don't think that there's a chance in hell that they'll like. Just to see, like, you know, how can you open up and talk about it critically, even if you don't like it, um, and things like that. So I like throwing people a curveball every now and then, seeing how that
3: lands. It's a very It's a very sort of, I get the sense that this is sort of like a troubled sounding album in my mind, but it sort of pulls itself together with its own bombast and eclectic sensibilities and its own weird approach to its production and lyricism. And yeah, overall, it's a pretty good album, despite the fact that there's one song that I absolutely (laughs) fucking despise and have taken off of my phone for car listening. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate Ego Death. Oh my god. <laughs> ego
1: Death died a death. Yeah, that made sense, didn't it? Ego Boner. Death
0: when Boner, final thoughts. Um it's a very good album. I don't think it's going to be entering my heavy rotation anytime soon. The, some of the gimmicks were thin. It's like, yeah, it's interesting that the album sounds like it's falling apart, but there's only like so much of that. Where like for casual listening, it just kind of gets grating. Um, it, this definitely stands like multiple listens and like analysis of what, kind of what's going on because it really rewards paying attention and uh, you know repeat spins, but. Um, it kind of made me want to go listen to Narles Barkley again. So I'll probably. That's not a bad be.
1: thing. That's not a bad thing. Narls Barkley is pretty rad.
0: Um, but yeah, there's I I I hear like you know I hear like influences in it like like you say Busta Rhymes um with the whole delivery where it's like um it's it's rapid fire and it's really affected. It's almost like Busta Rhymes by way of uh, an adult in peanuts like that the trombone womp womp womp, womp sound. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, with uh. You know, with some some older like eighties, nineties hip hop like De La Soul. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of all over the board. Um, and if you're just looking for you know something to jam out to, maybe it's a little too dense. Um, but overall, not bad. You know, uh, glad I glad I spent as many listens on it as I did. Um, yeah, I, I give it. Uh, if we're going for numbers here, I give it um, three chicken wings out of twelve fish sticks.
1: I like I like man, I want some chicken wings now because because three chicken wings this. are
0: are equivalent to um twelve fish sticks, you know it's it's a three to four kind of thing there
3: I had chicken wings right before this recording
0: i I despise <laughs> you
1: it is it is like ten o'clock where I'm at, and i'm not getting I'm not getting
0: chicken wings anywhere there's there's not a college uh nearby that where there's like a restaurant that delivers food to stoners at all hours. That I I'm feel,
3: aware of? No. <laughs> I feel so lost when you guys start talking about what kind of hip-hop this sounds like as somebody who just listens to the barest amount of hip-hop possible.
0: I'm oh. I'm no, no hip hop expert, trust me. Like all my tastes are shaped by shit from like twenty years ago.
1: He's gonna throw on his Tribe Called Quest album any moment. Low end is really don't, good. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> um so I guess that's that's bus driver perfect hair. Um, all over overall, I think we all kind of dig it. Um, I, I, I don't know when the next one of these will be going up. I would say like two weeks to a month. This is kind of like our test pilot episode to see what you guys think. I'll be posting a topic about it on the forum. So um, if you want to let us know, like sort of what you thought. I mean, you know, we're still we're still going to go through this rotation of four people um, just to see, you know if it's if it's a thing that's got staying power if at the end you know it's just these four episodes you know that'll be fine but um we're just testing the waters seeing how things go uh trying something different that's not just hey metal gear solid 5 all the time video <laughs> games video games video games
3: that um, trader caravan mission was
1: a bitch <laughs> that, that 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 mission's not fun there's there's some later you're going to
3: despise as well <laughs> believe uh, me uh i've i can feel it in my bones that Byron. might be a clue. Is that might be a clue?
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, Taylor, Boner, uh, Byron, thank you guys for coming in. Taylor, you're next. Yes, I am. You're going to be recommending an album for us next. Uh, we're not going to tell you what that is.
3: So, uh, I have to- a, I have a stack of CDs in my hand, and I'm trying desperately to decide which one it's going to be.
1: As so long as it's not Wolf Eyes,
0: I will listen to anything.
3: <laughs> Be careful. I might make you listen to Death Spell Omega. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> Is that a Final Fantasy boss?
3: <laughs> keep, keep in mind, I am the resident black metal fan here. Yes, I know. Yes, I
0: know. <laughs> um,
1: so uh, thank it's, you for listening. Again, let us know what you thought. Uh, uh, and uh, listen to more Bus Driver. And listen to more Death Grips while you're at it.